Let's put the rad in radical. If you're looking to expand your life, then you've come to the right place. We're Amanda, Ali, and Reina, and each week we're setting the scene to level up our everyday lives in all areas. Mindset, lifestyle, community, and more. And we want you to come with. Welcome back to Let's Put the Rad in Radical, everybody. Today's episode 21, and we are super pumped to have another pretty rad guest with us today, Miss Molly Woodhull of Woodhull Wellness. And we are interviewing her today to chat all about our heart leading with intuition, how that connects us on a deeper level with ourselves, our environments, and our loved ones, and, and how powerful meditation can be. Um, on a personal level, I know Molly has worked with Raina, which is a pretty amazing um, you know, feedback that we gained from Raina saying, we've got to talk to Molly. And obviously, Ali and I were on board from the jump. And so, Molly, we're so thankful that you took some time to come and chat with us today and share about meditation and all the depths and layers with which you love it and why. And just thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Seriously, I could not be more excited to talk to you guys, um, you gals. So I'm happy to be here. I Thank you. Is it just is it just me? But your voice, all of a sudden, it's I, the like, voice. I want to meditate. I'm like, <laughs> hold, on, hold on, wait. I need to get comfortable. Let me get my crystals. My chakras are open. Molly, like, can you just tell? Where did this love affair with? Was it? Did somebody say, "I hear your voice. You need to do this." Like, <laughs> you sound so relaxing. I I got into the right field for sure um, with the voice. My mom actually always has thought in her heart that I needed to use my voice in my job. Um, I used to sing a lot, actually. I was in a traveling symphony. You can find me on Spotify. So I used to sing and, um, <laughs> yeah. Wait, we need to hear, we're going to put that in our back pocket and come back to that. Yeah, we can come back to it. But, um, I ended up getting vocal nodes. This is kind of a sidebar. And um, yeah, pitch perfect style. And it made my voice kind of that low, sexy, raspy vibe and um, really stepped into it. And it works out for me. How do we get that? How do we sign up to get nodes? <laughs> you don't want to sign up to get nodes. They're terrible. They take a lot of work. You You're definitely rock it, though. <laughs> I mean, uh, you definitely do. That's, yeah. you've really embraced it. I do love that you've, you know, let that be part of the vibe and letting it kind of simmer and marry into what you do. And let's, let's kick off there. Like, tell us about Molly, where are you from? How, yeah. how did you fall into love with meditation and all of that? Yes. Yes. So I am originally from the Midwest, but I moved to Denver about nine years ago. And I moved to Denver on purpose because from a young age, I always knew I wanted to work in um, wilderness immersion and in mental health and wellness. Um, I think I found meditation as a young kid, uh, probably 10. And I would go on these canoe trips every summer and um, I would always come back feeling so at peace with myself. And, um, you know, none of that elementary school stuff was bugging me then because I had a whole summer immersed in nature. And um, I really think that's where I, I first found peace that comes with sitting, you know, with yourself and being present 
in the moment. And um, that followed me throughout my whole life. In college, I was having a hard time at the end of it, trying to figure out what's my next step. You know, I think a lot of people experience that, probably most people. And I stepped into meditation, finding a formal practice then, and it changed my life. And really from then on, I knew I needed to, I needed to spread the word about how taking a moment for yourself and um, finding silence within your day and connecting with your breath can really genuinely change your life. So that's kind of where I found it and who I am. I love that. I love and I started, that. I started, I should probably say, I started a corporate wellness company that focuses on mindfulness and meditation. So that's who I am now. Spreading what did you word. actually go to college for? I went to school um, for... For university, as the Canadians call it. University. University. I went to university um, studying biology. I wanted to be a doctor. And then um, ended up kind of having a lot of studies. I, I had a double major and a double minor. But I, I ended up focusing on... Um, psychology and sociology with a minor in bio. So I got to kind of think about how the brain works and how the body works, but was just totally interested in mental and emotional landscape. Well, I don't think anything is by chance, right? Like you have definitely been put on the right trajectory. And like you just alluded to, you have a wellness society and I know what it's about, but I would love to, now that you fast forwarded, you connected with nature, you started kind of knowing that there was a calmness and a meditative practice around 10 years old, fast forward to where you are today. Can you tell us more about what you offer, what your care society looks like? Sure. Because we know, but we would like you to get into <laughs> yeah. depth so that people understand how glorious what you offer and your depth and breadth of knowledge is. Totally. So I started a corporate wellness company called Woodhall Wellness, my last name being Woodhall, about three years ago. And we provide mindfulness and compassion-based meditation programming across the world. Um, I, I really focus on teaching large organizations, um, companies, because people spend a lot of time at work. And I think it's really important that uh, the leaders in our organizations support their employees in, in a whole way. Um, and mindfulness and meditation is such a good way to help people feel cared for mentally and emotionally, but really arm them with the tools they need to be better communicators and more efficient in the work environment. And, you know, mindfulness and meditation, compassion-based meditation, it it applies to every aspect of your life from communicating in a work environment to communicating with your partner or your children or a best friend. And so, um, you know, that's really what we do. We have in-person coaching, um, Zoom, live Zoom coaching. And then uh, we created a 10-part series called Realistic Self-Care that we are selling to organizations to help people really engage in, in what I teach, but on their own time. It's self-led and, you know, now I'm kind of helping people in all those ways, sort of at once doing a hybrid program because 
there's so many different kinds of learners. So I really want to be able to approach people with energy live in connection with their peers, if that's what's really good for them, and also provide them opportunities to learn independently out of the office alone, you know, if that's their way of learning. So that's what I do. Molly, can I just say with the past few months that we've had, what you just said struck me so deeply because you present this incredible way to dial into self-care, how it absolutely you know, works in terms of a corporation and employees lending that support to mental health and well-being with that meditative practice and, and, and all the courses that you offer. Given that we've all been home and, you know, maybe your kids are around and your spouse is around and your house is not just your office, but it's your kitchen and it's your living room and it's your bedroom. It's everything. I mean, where does somebody start with all this external noise that's happening internally in the house within in your relationships? I mean, you know, I know that it's for corporate, like you mentioned, it's for corporations, but it's also self-paced and for individuals. Where can someone start with what, what we have going right now? Absolutely. It's such a good question. And I will say something that has naturally grown out of working with corporations as I do work with individuals too, when they, when they reach out. Um, and okay, where we need to start. I think where we need to start is simply with one deep breath. I teach this idea of micro meditations a lot and I'm really passionate about it because a micro meditation is just one thoughtful breath to maybe one minute of thoughtful breathing. And if we can just start to incorporate an awareness of the breath throughout our day, it's going to start to, eventually, it will start to feel natural to take a deep breath. And from there, I think we can step into creating a more formal meditation practice. Um, But, you know, I really want to help people start at a place that feels realistic. I'm all about realistic and meaningful tools. Feel empowered that when you take one breath thoughtfully with intention, you are meditating. I'm literally breathing deeply just listening to that. I think all of us just <laughs> race to, to unmute and, yeah. and get their best. <laughs> we, 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 I think all just took a pretty deep breath just listening to you say that. It's, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know that I've held my breath a lot over the last few months, mm. whether it's just been holding your breath for what new news is going to roll out or what new developments in society are going to pan out. And, and, and even just what's tomorrow going to bring as very basic mm-hmm. as that. Mm-hmm. So that's a really powerful thing to hold on to. Do you say that you were, or would you say that that's something you apply to your everyday, even the one minute of that micro meditation? Yes, I, um, two thoughts. One, I have a really strong informal practice. I am constantly taking thoughtful breaths. When I walk outside, I feel the sun on my face, or maybe I feel the cold air, you know, brushing across like my hands or moving my hair. I am very present and it takes practice and it takes a dedication. All good things take time and effort. Everybody knows that. All three of you work so hard to, um, you guys work hard every day to step into your own wellness journey, to move your bodies in a way that feels good, to, to live your life in alignment with, you know, your goals. 
all that takes effort and and so does your meditation and mindfulness practice and um so you know i have a very very strong informal practice i also have a pretty strong sitting practice a formal practice and we all get there differently so people who when i first started working with reina she's like i move 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 i go 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 i don't want to really i don't know if sitting is for me right away and um so we started with the idea of trying to bring breath or awareness into her movement and so for a lot of people we can start by finding our breath in activities that we already do that bring us peace and joy or that we do on a consistent basis um i i'm, I'm gonna interrupt you i'm oh, taking yeah, it ali i need you to mute no i <laughs> well i just i love that you brought that specifically up because i did write it down i wrote down realistic meditation versus ohm and i remember when we first started working together because i was so in my head about what meditation was i was like i can't just sit there in the corner and just sit there and be quiet with myself and all these things and so it was amazing seeing the ways i could incorporate micro meditations or just a breath while i was in the middle of a workout or cooking dinner or whatever and you know, I heard you say that and I'm like, well, shit, now I can't stop sitting. Now I, I want to be meditating or right. sitting in silence or journaling like all day long because it's, I, I, I got a taste of that silence. You yes. know what I mean? So can you explain more of like what it, the realistic meditation looks like versus people thinking that they need to just sit and, you know, have the breath and maybe follow a guided med Like, you know what I mean? I think it can be more than that and people need to know that. Totally. Absolutely. So in terms of, um, Raina, I feel like when you found, when we worked together, we had a little bit of time to help you feel comfortable and confident about what meditation is. And I think that that is such a barrier for so many people because speaking about realistic meditation, realistic self-care, your meditation practice looks different than mine, but you needed to take time to learn about meditation. What is it and what is it not? And how does it feel for me? So that you could step into your own practice, feeling confident and good that it doesn't have to be just like mine. And that the one that you've created is just perfect for you. And that will change and evolve over time. And as a friend and a coach, I'm really proud of you because you are, you really have spent so Thank much you. time. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, anytime I say the word meditation, I followed by, I feel like it's followed by an at Woodhole Wellness because I swear <laughs> every single time I do it, I'm just, I hear your voice. I am just in that moment again. So it, I highly recommend the course PS to anyone listening. So when I talk about realistic self-care, the general overarching idea is that our meditation practice looks different to all of us. And for some of us, that means sitting for five minutes and you really want to sit for five minutes and your brain just can't do it and you get to two minutes and giving yourself the compassion that you deserve and saying, I tried and moving on. Um, realistic self-care means maybe one day you sit down on your meditation cushion or you lie down on the ground and you uh, focus on the breath and the next day you go for a walk and you feel your feet against the earth or you feel the sunshine on your face. Um, or maybe a meditation poem 
or maybe listening to a song and being fully present in the sounds that arise as you listen to the song and the emotions that come up in your body. So I made an online course called Realistic Self-Care that, that's a 10-part series that holds a lot of those ideas. And I hold space to help guide you through um, different types of meditation so that you can find what your meditation practice looks like for you. That is amazeballs because <laughs> I have always been tripped up. And that's why before I was going to actually direct my whole question to Raina. So I'm glad you jumped in, Rain, because I was going to be like, explain how you worked Raina through this. Because I think the three of us and probably a lot of our listeners are goers. Like we are doers. Mm -hmm. We're like constantly busy, constantly in front of our own business, like, you know, up in our own heads. And so I have personally got to see what the effect you have had on Raina. Um, but what I wanted to know is that I love the word realistic because that just actually makes me feel very calm. I'm like, oh good, there's no standard. I don't need to have this yeah. much, you know, this many crystals in a chakra and this, you know, like what I was joking out at the beginning. Um, but self-care to me is so interesting because I think that your knowledge must, you know, I love how you broke down meditation, but what else do you believe is part of a good self-care routine? So if you were to say, listen, start with this practice, here's your meditation, what other self-care tools are in your tool belt that you have been like, this is a game changer? Yes. Rituals or routines, whatever the heck you want to call them, the way I start my day is, has a tremendous impact on the way that I end it. I cannot tell you how important it is for me to create boundaries around my phone and around social media. It is proven that the first hour you wake up can be the most influential on determining what the rest of your day looks like, but also it can be the most anxiety provoking. The minute you wake up from a physiological perspective, your brain is thinking about all the things that it has to do. And you have a choice when you wake up. You have a choice to just skyrocket the stress hormone in your body to say, oh, crap, 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 crap. I have to do everything on this checklist that I'm subconsciously thinking about. Or you can take a moment and focus on your breath and do something that brings you joy. That is what I suggest. Everybody says, when should I meditate? Of course, meditating in the morning is great. But if you're trying to start a self-care routine and you're trying to create um, really healthy routines and rituals, I believe you have to do it in a way that feels loving, compassionate, and good. So instead of saying, wake up and meditate, I'm telling you, be present doing something you enjoy. Make coffee, move your body, go for a walk, listen to a friend, pet a dog, do what you love. And you can be present there for one minute or an hour, but I just want you to try. And as time goes on and you continue to practice this, from a neuro neurological perspective, your brain literally changes. Like Raina has stepped into a meditation practice and she is a lot more um, mindful these days and all this stuff, but she has given her brain the opportunity to make it feel more easeful because every day she woke up and did something that felt good for her. And all of you guys, you wake up in the morning, you do something that feels good. Over time, your brain is literally gonna create a neural pathway that says, wake up and do something kind. 
And so I'm here to help support you in that journey and create those new neural pathways and hopefully let you go. And, and you've done the work and you need to keep doing it. But as you continue, it feels more easeful. Does that make sense? I, I can get yeah. really wordy. Isn't those, uh, it's, the, it's crazy the power of words. Um, meditation, mindfulness, realistic, easeful. All of these seem a bit more doable now for me. Like meditation mm -hmm. and like, if I can be honest, I was waking up at five o'clock, 5.15 in the morning. I had a checklist. Mm -hmm. Okay, meditate, uh, get, uh, do this, do, 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 write in my journal, blah, blah. And there was no presence about it. Yes. It was literally me hammering off a checklist. So I could say I was being mindful in the morning. I was like, okay, I meditated. And I would sit with my legs crossed and close my eyes, four, three, two. Yep, okay, done. Next to the next thing. And I would rush about my day without asking that very important question, which you just said was, what brings you joy? Yeah. Is it talking to your friend? Is it rubbing your, patting your dog? Is it, you know, just pouring the coffee? Amanda, I know that you have a very, very strict morning routine and especially your coffee time. Like, like Amanda's coffee time. And that brings me joy thinking about that. I'm like, Ooh, coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, Molly, I'm hundred percent on board with you as a naturally anxious person. And as somebody who has been naturally anxious since literally the age of three, there is a videotape that my dad took of me from just, you know, this ancient, you know, video that you replay on your VCR after the fact, he had like, it was like this big, the camera, you know, it was, it was huge. Um, and, and he's literally telling me, Amanda, get your hands out of your mouth. I have been biting my fingers since I was three and it's on camera. I'm at the point where I will bite my fingers to rip, to bleed. Like I, yeah. I get to that place. It's, it's mindless. It's, it's automatic. It's a response to being triggered by overwhelm or, or yes. whatever. That is my habit. And so for me, I realized that I'm okay to do social media, but I am no longer okay to do it on your time. It's mine. You text me, you email me, you call me. I'm not answering you. It's not about yeah. you anymore because I spiraled out of control in terms of my relationship with social. And so what Ali is referring to here is the fact that this phone stays in this room after a certain time, you can't reach me. If I want to reach you, I'll reach you, but it will stay here until I'm ready to turn on the phone tomorrow morning wow. after coffee and Kindle, which is my yeah. reading time. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I call it coffee and Kindle time. I combine those things, but basically it's, coffee and read take out I'll, I'll even time it if it's five or ten minutes and that's what i have for the day well then it'll get five or ten minutes of my undivided attention and i'm so happy i even wrote it down i'm so happy that you said um wake up like really retrain your neural pathways to build a new relationship to waking up and doing something kind and fun yes. instead of tackling the to-do list just checking the box trying to, I mean, I don't know, live up to something unrealistic. And for you, it's all about the realistic. That's incredibly powerful, I think. So I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more, basically, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Amanda, when I hear that share, I hear so many wonderful things. Feel proud about the boundaries that you've created. You really, I mean, that is so amazing. And 
and you said mindless, you know, you were, maybe you were mindlessly scrolling. Maybe you were on like almost like mindlessly chewing your nails because you were like so stressed. And I think a lot of people do this and, and, and this is where intuition comes in because we're talking about do something that feels good for you. Don't start maybe your morning with the checklist, the checklist of let me be the perfect wellness person because we have enough checklists in our life. We have so many. We have our checklist to do with work. We have our checklist to do with family and home and all those things, right? So we're not, we're not stepping into our wellness routine necessarily with, um, a checklist full of to do's that are like I should, but more taking time to, to settle into um, your body, heart, and mind, listening to your intuition. What do you want to do? What What is something that feels really good? And a lot of us are very disconnected from our intuition. And um, so mindfulness and meditation, when we choose to sit and so when I say meditation, I'm saying focusing on one thing at a time. You'll notice your mind wandering and bringing your awareness back. This could be a breath-focused meditation where you sit like most of us are thinking, but it could also be a movement or listening to a song or all those options that I said. It could be doing any activity you want, focusing on that one thing, noticing when the mind wanders and bringing the awareness back. And so when you choose to take a few moments to focus on that one thing, whatever it might be, you allow uh, the other things in the world to fall away. So maybe you feel quiet, but also the reality is your brain will come up with all these different ideas. So it gives you an opportunity to notice and listen what is coming up in your heart, your body, and your mind. As you continue to practice this, the other ideas, the ruminations, the fears begin to fall away and you can really sit in peace and quiet and focus on that one thing at a time. And then we have the opportunity to listen and to feel into our intuition, the instinctual brain, the part of our body that knows what is right for us and is telling us all the time, but because there's too much noise, we can't hear it. Oh man, Molly, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And you asked a question that I would encourage our listeners to reflect on. I mean, I wrote it down because it's that powerful. It's what do you want to do today? When was the last time? I mean, as a grown ass adult, most people will say, this is what I have to do today. And it'll be in that like hurried, I'm very busy. You can't penetrate this to do list. Like something is depending on me, this or that. And all of that may be true. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is there is absolute truth to the responsibilities of very real life. But when was the last time you asked yourself, what do you want to do today? You know, there's uh, another an amazing leader, um, I would say, who sort of relates to your field. Her name is Danielle Laporte. I absolutely adore her work. And she, uh, well, she's, I mean, definitely check her out. And one yeah. question she trained me to ask is, how do you want to feel? And I think these are questions like you just asked, what do you want out of your day? What do you want to do today? What would bring you joy? Like these reflective questions, I know they sound like really elementary, but the reality is they're quite profound. And I'm really thankful you asked that. That's wow. huge. 
that brings me to something important. So you're saying, how do you want to feel? I think a lot of us don't know how we want to feel because we don't give ourselves space to listen and learn and hear what we want. And then if we do, uh, we need to make sure if we do know what we want, that we make it a priority. Like I just went for a walk. It changed my day. I'm busy today. I had 35 minutes to go be outside and I could have responded to emails, but I'm just gonna have to do it maybe at the end of my day. But, and I create very strict, I create boundaries. So I rather wake up early and work, but, but anyway, the idea for me is that I made a priority to do something that felt good and that was really important for my everyday health and well-being so that I can continue to be sharp and engaged when I talk to you and all my other clients. And so we live in this world recently of, of scarcity. Like I don't have enough time. I don't have enough space. I can't meditate, but um, you can, and you just have to maybe start with doing something that brings you joy. Um, and so I have these meditations that I do to help me connect with and to help others connect with even just answering a question as easy as or simple as what do I want to do today? I've found myself asking, what do I want my day to look like when I wake right. up? And so that way I can say, and then I think in the umbrella comes, you know, the mood that you carry throughout the day and what you get done throughout the day and when you turn it off and things like that. But I read in a book that it, they just use the phrase meditation allows you to create an intended reality. Mm. And I loved that because I really do think that it just allows you to kind of come back to you and figure out what you want. So I'd love you to love for you to talk about that more as far as like, you know, in the meditation, how do we, you know, yes. how do we actually listen? You know oh. what I mean? And, and, follow through with that when we open our eyes, I guess. Yes. Okay. Rana, you're, that was so perfect. That was perfect. So such a good question. And I actually want to maybe lead us through something. Can we do just something so quick? Yes. Okay. So oh, closing my eyes. I'm closing my eyes. I'm, I'm closing here, my eyes. Okay. Wait, Molly, Raina, do me. Wally, do me, do me. I'm ready. <laughs> well, I'll do, I'll do. Hey, Raina, how are you framing the question again? How do you want your day to feel? What, what was it? I just say, what do I want my day to look like? Okay, great. So we'll use your prompt. Okay, so we're going to close our eyes, feel our feet on the ground or wherever we might be, and just take a deep breath in through the nose. Audible exhale through the mouth. <sighs> okay, and then connecting with the breath. So just feeling the soft inhale and exhale of your breath. Settling into this moment. And I want you to ask yourself the question as we sit here. What do I want today to feel like? Or what do I want today to look like? And ideas and thoughts might arise for you. And just focus on one. And I want you to notice when you think about 
what do you want today to look like? If a vision comes to mind or a feeling comes to mind, how do I want today to feel? I want you to notice now how your body feels when you think of this. Is there a spaciousness in your heart? What are the sensations that arise in your belly, in your mind? As you sit here and envision what today should feel like or look like. Notice your body and let it relax, relaxing your shoulders down. And as you hold this vision or this feeling of your day in your body, heart, and mind, do you feel tense? Or do you feel loose and free? And taking a moment, if you do feel loose and free, to really feel into that sensation in your body. Noticing how it's feeling in your chest, your heart, your belly, your head. And if you don't feel free with this idea or feeling of how today should be, maybe bring to mind a different vision. And check in and notice how that one feels or arises in your body, heart, and mind. And then when you're ready, and then when you're ready, you can slowly begin to open your eyes. <sighs> So just feeling into that intuition, right? And noticing your body knows. Isn't it amazing how you could do this in so many different areas of your life where you're kind of clouded or feeling a little chaotic or, you know what I mean? Just to get a little bit of clarity in one little bitty section of your life. It's mm. just insane to me. I sometimes want to cry for myself because I yeah. like I almost wanted to cry because I know how my day started and I know that like just even doing that made me feel quite emotional because I'm like I know I can do my my world a little bit better that that I want my um, yeah 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 <laughs> and this is why we practice these because you know so. Did all of you feel a sense of, within the meditation, did you feel a sense of freedom at all when you thought of the idea of your day or an openness in the chest or settling into something that felt right? Yes, uh, but that's what actually made me emotional was the minute that I actually took a breath, I could feel how restricted my chest or my shoulders or mm -hmm that I like, even now I feel like I'm like, maybe I should just quickly cry. Like, yeah. <laughs> because, like, you know, and that was, I don't even know, was that 20 seconds, a minute, you know, that we just sat there for, and I do feel lighter and I do feel more present and I do feel a bit more aligned, but even just having that intuition or realization that you, we hold a lot. Mm. So much. 
And so as we continue to practice, sorry, Amanda, do you have thoughts? Okay, as we continue to practice this, we get more, uh, we, we can get even sharper at listening and hearing that instinctual brain. So as we move throughout our day and throughout our life, when we feel a tinge of like, oh, that doesn't feel right. Or when we do something that, oh, this does feel right. It's because you spent time sitting with things that feel in alignment with your intuition. And I think really I do, it's so important to sit with this on a regular basis so we get even more connected to it. So that, you know, as we move throughout our life, we're attuned to it enough that if something comes up, we're able to notice that the instinctual brain, you know, said something. Um, and so did my thinking brain and just knowing both of them and taking them both as information. We're not beholden to the brain or the instinctual brain. We get to choose, but to have both of, to, to know how both of them are feeling and working is really empowering. Something I love too is that you've stressed so much throughout this entire interview today is that you know, if maybe you don't have that moment or that readiness to be seated for a more formal type of meditation, that that can simply be woven into the fabric of your day. Meaning if you are choosing to be present in your walk, if maybe you are um, somebody who moves daily, then that breath that you take during your movement practice can be where you find that mini micro meditation. I personally find that a lot when I'm painting or creating art of any sort. That's when I you know, I'm not picking at my fingers. I'm not overthinking. I'm just where I am. And then you can bring your attention back there. So, you know, to all of our listeners, if, if I, if you're driving, especially don't maybe perform that in that exact <laughs> moment seated and closing your eyes or too late. Like <laughs> too late. But, <laughs> yeah. but what I will say is that I do really hope that people will take the time to say, this doesn't have to look any certain way any certain judgment or box you've stuffed into the world of meditation or listening to your gut or breath work, abolish it now because it's thanks to you, Molly, sharing the different dynamic ways we can think about breath work and how it impacts our everyday life that can absolutely make it more approachable to people who've been almost fearful of even dabbling in it. And, and you do important work. You need to know uh, that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you really do. Let it go. I Let it be free. You know? I love that you're bringing this to the corporate world. Like we're very, we're, right now, the three of us are being very selfish. We're making it all, oh, it's us. It's me individual. Just talk to me, Molly. But the fact that you're bringing this to corporations, mm -hmm. I want to pause and say, yeah, get, get at that. Because if this could start at a level that is filters down, if you've got a company with thousands or hundreds or twenties mm -hmm. of people and you're affecting so much change and what it the, the domino effect that could happen in a corporation, they might make better choices, maybe slow down with their intention, think about humanity a bit more. And so, wow, Molly, I just, I just started thinking, I was like, wait a second, she's doing this for companies. <laughs> well, you hit, I appreciate that. You hit the nail on that for me. I, I knew I could make a big impact if I worked within organizations that, you know, were already impacting a lot of people think about all the employees and all those employees talk to people on a day-to-day -day basis. All those people interact with others in and outside of the company. And um, 
and think about the leaders, how we can be better leaders. One of the, one of the biggest, the most important attributes of a leader based on some Harvard studies is actually that you're present and listen to the people who are working for you or with you. And um, so I just think leaders can, you know, be respected and understood maybe better by the people that work for them. But, you know, maybe they can also make more grounded decisions. You know, when we, from a physiological standpoint, meditation is crazy. When you focus on your breath, it feels tough. Focusing on the breath is, or, or any, any anchor feels like adversity to the brain. Having a tough conversation, focusing um, on keeping your stuff together um, in a hard meeting and focusing on the breath, they all feel like adversity to the brain. So as we continue to practice thing, this, bringing our awareness back to an anchor and then noticing when it goes away and bringing our attention back, we become literally more familiar with dealing with adversity. And so it gives us actual space between the stimulus and the reaction in our lives. So we become more familiar with adversity because we're meditating and that's hard. And then literally biologically, there's a change in your brain that gives you more space between the stimulus and the reaction. So you're, you're just giving yourself the opportunity to react um, from a place feeling more grounded and also just to be better equipped to deal with the everyday adversities that knock on all of our doors. I'm wondering if there's any difference between what you practice in the morning and what you practice in the evening. Is there anything that you would say like, the morning should be kind of feeling like this, this is what I do in the evening. Is there any difference? Like uh, in, just for me, mornings are very tough. I have two small kids. Um, they're really difficult for me to find any me time. I mean, I, I, I yeah. mean, it's an excuse. I can get up super early, but at this phase of my life, I'm choosing sleep right now. Yes. If I was to say, what would you recommend for an evening routine? Is it any different than a morning routine? Is it setting yourself up for sleepy time, the nighttime, or is it, am I still intention setting? What's happening? Yeah. I think such a good question because you're in a boat with, you have a lot of good company, you know, and, um, so many people feel that same way. And so just taking any shame that may arise and letting it fall away for not having a morning practice and feeling totally empowered that you want to focus on your breath at night. I, if you have a hard time sleeping, I often say, um, deep belly breathing and body scans and really feeling into the rhythm of your breath and relaxing the body is really helpful at night. Um, you can set intentions for the next day. You can sit with the idea of how you want to feel in the morning when you wake up. You can sit with the idea or the sensation of how you want to feel when you get in bed. So, you know, it just looks different for everybody depending on what your life is going like right now. And, and if you're a morning person or a night person or what you have space for, but um, there are definitely specific meditations that can help you if you have a hard time sleeping or if you have, you know, a lot of anxiety or if you're thinking about a certain thing, you know, there are different pieces of insider information that I might provide. But as a whole, 
Just meditate when you have the space and do what feels good to you. Molly, I just want to thank you for everything you shared today. It, I mean, personally, I could sit here and just listen all day and relate, you know, things in my personal life to what you're saying. I just have personally taken every single thing that I've learned from you and implemented it in, I mean, even in, as far as into my daily nutrition, you know what I mean? And my workouts and just every single day. And that mindful, you know, I remember saying to you one time, like, I feel like I had everything in the world to do. And after learning just, you know, a month of meditation, I was like, I still have all of the things to do. I'm just doing them a little bit more with a little bit more ease. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that really stuck with me. And so just thank you to everything for everything that you've shared so far. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I feel totally honored. All three of you are so powerful and wonderful. And I'm absolutely honored to know all of you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now cue the tears. I'm already tearing up. <laughs> we feel yeah. the same. Yeah, uh, the the feelings mutual. I mean, uh, I will say that we all uh, have had the privilege of meeting Molly also in person, and so you know, and donuts. I, yeah, and eaten. Oh, yeah, we've consumed donuts. I haven't yet. So Molly, this is a rain check for you and I for donuts and in person hangs. ASAP. Need it. Yeah, I mean, yes. we need it. <laughs> yeah, Amanda, I have such a connection to Canada. I that's where I found my meditation in the woods of northern Canada. I. Raina and I need to get on a plane when it is yes. the right time and come to you. We are open arms, open door for when that time comes to the both of you. Ali and I literally live like 12 minutes away from each other. So, you know, just come hang, come see us as soon as it's safe. And we would happily experience the wilderness with you and meditation and, and just be in your presence. It's powerful. We have, we have cool watering holes that we can all do cold plunges and like breath work and we can light a fire yes. and burn our journals or I, I don't know. I'm getting, I feel know. like a, a trip is coming. Just a big trip is coming as soon as yes. Canada lets us in. Heck yeah. Right. Heck yeah. You know, um, now that we've all uh, loved on each other, the love also goes out to you guys that tune in and listen every week we find people that we want to align with and bring value. And Molly is that person. Go check her out. I wonder, Molly, can you just share any um, websites, Instagrams, yeah. anything that people can kind of, how can they connect with you first? Woodhall Wellness. Just type it in and you'll find me. Woodhallwellness.com is my website. Woodhall Wellness is my Instagram handle. Um, those are really great places. You can find me on LinkedIn too, but honestly, just reach out. Um, you can email me on my website. There's a spot to do that, woodhallwellness.com. And you could also just shoot me a DM on Instagram and I'll respond. So Woodhall Wellness. Yay. She'll respond when she feels like it. Right. Boundaries. With, with boundaries, not <laughs> late at night <laughs> or early in the morning. Yes, yes. Well, I have taken about three pages of notes, and this might be an episode, uh, listeners, that you might want to rewind and just use that little one to two minute breath work and intention setting and a beautiful question that Molly posed. I will tell you that as someone that runs at level 10, to slow down at 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time in the middle of my day is a, was a game changer. So I have learned so much. 
I really hope you go back, shoot us a message if you meditate, how you meditate, what questions you do, and then ask yourself, just, you know, we want to get this conversation going about realistic self-care created by Molly. And um, you guys like, share, shoot this off to a friend that maybe has a little bit of a struggle or, you know, just say, hey, why don't we meditate together? Why don't we talk about this? Let's create a dialogue and support one another. Uh, thank you, Molly. This has been a game changer. We love you guys.